Welcome. Welcome to Seattle. Welcome. What? Hello. Good afternoon and welcome to Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Podcast. This is your go-to source for all things related to living, working, and playing on the east side. Today is Wednesday, March 15th, and we are live on Facebook and YouTube. Please feel free to comment in the comment section if you got any questions about what's going on in the market. If you are listening to a recorded version, please do um, review our podcast on either uh, it's uh, not Instagram on what is it? Uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. We would love uh, your comments and, of course, five star reviews. Today, we're going to be chatting with our good friend Tucker Maxwell at Guild Mortgage. But before we get to our guest, we're going to talk about uh, um, kind of the market right now. Um, I just recently did a short interview with King Five News talking about the East Side and how, over the last six to eight months, and really last year, we've seen a reduction in sales price, seven and nine percent, nine percent on the east side and seven percent in King County. We look at those numbers and it sounds crazy to think of all the years of appreciation that we've had. And then we start showing this depreciation or what seems like depreciation. And um, the, the key factor there is the east side is hub to a lot of tech firms and a lot of tech firms have been laying individuals off. The truth of the matter is, is that the actual slowdown isn't directly related to the layoffs. The slowdown is actually more directly related to interest rates. We have been cruising along with three to four to five percent interest rates um, most of 2022. And when we excuse me, 2021, when we hit 22, um, we had record low inventory and we had low interest rates and that's when the fed started stepping in to fight inflation and later with tucker we're going to talk a little bit more about that but that put the brakes on a lot of would-be buyers and a lot of the would-be buyers in our area are tech related buyers right so um, a, lot, a lot of those people took themselves off the market and sellers instead of seeing two to three offers in may and june they were seeing one and maybe none for several weeks. Um, and I talked about it on past podcasts that it felt like all of a sudden the market was slowing down and home prices were falling. But really what was happening was we're going 90 miles an hour and we just tapped the brakes because we saw a cop on the left side. And now we're going 60. And it feels like we're moving super slow. Um, the truth of the matter is what does all of this mean for buyers and sellers? First, I'll talk about buyers is buyers need a place to live. And in most cases, some of them have relocated for a job that they still have. Now, if they plan on staying in a home, not a investment, but a home for more than two or three years, they should be OK moving forward. We've talked about that in past podcasts. You know, you date the rate, you buy the home, you fall in love with the home and you date the rate. And as um, we'll talk about later, when interest rates stabilize, because right now they're going to remain volatile for the next six months or so. Um, when interest rates stabilize and inflation slows, that may be an opportunity for you. Okay. Now sellers, let's talk about uh, the big question is, are sellers crying about losing money that they could have earned last year? And the truth of the matter is yes, absolutely. They lament, Ooh, why didn't I sell in February or March? of 2022, I see my neighbor got so much money. So they're really kind of having this internal dialogue, if you will, and external in the event when we chat um, that, you know, it's it's uh, it's lost money. But here's an analogy. If you were to have bought Microsoft stock in the 1990s and sold them in the 2000s, 
I don't know what kind of gain you would have made, but let's just pretend that when you bought it, it was $25 and when you sold it, it was $5,000 a share. Now, if the shares, if the market was hit in 2001, which it was the dot-com bust and you sold that, um, you sold that share for only $500, did you really lose that money or did you actually gain from the $25 that you paid for it? Now, the truth is, is you lost a lot of opportunity because of the timing of the market, but nobody knows how to time the market. Today's market, it's not 100% like that because the good news is we still have low inventory. So while we're, we're about nine to 10%, depending on what part of the east side off the peak, while we're that far off the peak, um, we're still several years of double digit appreciation. So, it, so what happens is sellers now have equity when they sell their house. Um, in 2008, that was not the case. And so when the crash hit, there was no equity, a lot of homes underwater and had to sell distressed and sat on the market for months, even years. So long story short is the sellers use leverage that equity to help entice buyers that maybe are a little concerned about high interest rates. And we've talked about that in the past, but that means in the way of seller credits in order to entice you uh, to get a lower monthly payment in the short term so we can let interest rates stabilize. There are other things you can do to leverage your equity, and that is maybe it's time to do the remodel so that when you want to sell in the fall, you're the bride, uh, the bell of the ball. You know, I love selling the house where everything's done. So if you've put off a second bathroom remodeling or put off replacing the tile countertops with granite, look into it by investing some of your own equity back into that house. It may allow you to sell that home for more. Um, reach out to me if you'd like. I'm happy to um, do a walkthrough of your house, make recommendations and give you an idea on how much you can earn in today's market. Know that it is still considered a seller's market. And that is your Real Talk segment. All right. We are going to take a very short commercial break. We're going to come back and chat with our friend Tucker Maxwell about some uh, some of the uh, things going on in the feds. And we'll have to talk about Silicon Valley Bank a little bit. So come back after this short commercial break. Are you tired of not knowing where your money is going? Do you feel like you start getting ahead on your finances, then get hit by an unexpected expense and feel behind? Doug Peterson with Get Priority Straight helps guide you to getting your money to do what you want it to do instead of wondering where it went. Doug has helped ambitious, busy, successful people be delighted by handling their money wisely. To have a conversation with Doug, call 206-264-4424 or email meeting at letsgps.com or info at getpriorityStraight.com. All right, welcome back to our show. We are joined with our good friend, Tucker Maxwell with Guild Mortgage. Tucker, welcome back. Um, today's topic, we're talking about inflation and interest rates. We're gonna talk about the notorious Silicon Valley Bank as well. Um, let's just kind of talk, you know, in my monologue there at the beginning, um, did, what did I get right? What did I get wrong? Uh, I think you, I think you nailed it. Um, all of it. Uh, I love the analogy of finding something that you love and buying because of that and then worrying about rate later. So, you know, date the rate is definitely something that's still prevalent. And then the, the credits. So while the market is still a little softer, the opportunity to 
help buyers with monthly payment through temporary buy downs or other, you know, closing cost credits. That's what we're seeing on almost all transactions still today. Yeah, that's awesome. So we're going to talk about uh, the up and coming CPI report. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, actually was released on Tuesday. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. What did it say? It told us that inflation, so consumer uh, price index tracks, you know, a basket of goods that the urban family purchases on a regular basis. And that's what we've been really using to determine is the Fed being impactful by those increases? And it came out at 6%, which is down. Uh, from what they expected. Um, and that's the eighth month in a row, actually, that we've seen it, uh, inflation come down. So it was, wasn't moving fast enough, which is why the Fed continued super aggressive um, increases. But it is showing that inflation is moving in the right direction, which has been a positive thing for mortgage rates. Um, what did they say is the cause of that CPI going that's down? That's a great question. It depends on who you ask. I think the Fed would like to think it's all of them in their increases. Um, but it could be a variety of reasons. It could be that consumers are pulling back. It could be that they're looking for alternatives. Um, it could be supply chain cha changes and people just getting back to normal manufacturing. It could be a lot of things, but we're seeing overall that it's having a positive impact on the price of goods. Okay. Awesome. Um, so now how is that relevant to interest rates though? Yeah. So, you know, typically we track the bond market, you know, and what is the 10 year treasury or the 30 year treasury doing? And that would help us determine where home loan rates are going. But to really simplify it for your your viewers, Dan, where inflation goes, interest rates will go. So if inflation goes down, mortgage rates should go down. If inflation goes up, home loans rates are going to go up. So it's just a really easy way to simplify it for consumers to know that if inflation is down, it puts less pressure on the Fed to raise rates. Therefore, they can take their foot off the gas and rates will come down. Okay. So um, what is the Fed expected to do now with these inflation numbers? Yeah. So if you asked me that question last week, we would have said there is a greater than 50% chance that they were going to do a half a percent increase in their upcoming meeting. But now, due to the bank failures, or Silicon Valley Bank especially, those banks that are failing are pointing their finger directly at the Fed and saying, the reason we are failing is because of the sudden rise in rates and that we weren't given time to adjust. And so they're putting pressure on the Fed to, to stop those increases. So now we're expecting the Fed to do no increase at their upcoming meeting, which should allow us as mortgage lenders to settle in the rates. Okay. So you, do you think that this rate pause will last maybe more than one cycle? I'm hoping so. I think um, it's going to be in tandem with the, the future inflation data. We still have the producer price index coming out. Um, as long as those are trending in the right direction, it will give the feds less pressure to raise rates. And so if those things continue in the direction they're going, we should be fine. But if the uh, Fed stops the increases and inflation goes back up, they could have to start making increases again. When do producer uh, interest rates come out? I believe it's Friday. It's this. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah, within the next week. Producer, producer index? Yeah, producer price index. Producer yeah. price. So that that actually, the funny thing is, is um, that I don't hear a lot of people talk about that because, you know, inflation is too, too many dollars chasing too few goods. 
I'm guessing that this index is about how much production is being done, correct? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So that's that's the other thing that if if it's up, right? So if that index is up, that means we're producing more. Yep. And that would be good for um, for lowering inflation. Yes. Which would in turn lower rates. Cool. Yeah. And that comes out on Friday. You know, I just looked it up, and it, apparently that came out this week too. So oh, CPI cool. and PPI um, both, but they they come out monthly. Both of those reports are monthly. So, so what does that one say then? Uh, that's a great question. Um, let's. Look I can at, fill a little time with a good story while you're looking that up. Yeah, um, de decreased 0.1 percent in February, um, and so yeah, very minimal decrease. Okay. What we want to see is an increase for positive Correct. outlook. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But not, but you said 0.1%? 0.1. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty small too. That's almost level, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. it tracks the demand of consumers. Okay. Any other reports we should be watching? Um, I think that's really it. I think just, you know, to really simplify it, just watch these inflation. If you hear that inflation is trending in the right direction, that's good news for home loans. If it's trending in a, bad direction, then home loans are going up. You know, an interesting thing to kind of look at as a buyer out there is what is the um, what is the rate of new applications? Because that's going to show you how much competition you're having. So yep. what, were applications up or down in February? Down. January down. was up significantly. February was down. Okay. So that tells me that if you're a buyer out there with good news in the interest rate aspect, um, it might be really good to get your taxes done so that you can uh, fully qualify. You don't have to, but I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, getting those things in order because it'll make your underwriting easier. Um, but basically what I would glean from this is, is because applications were down in February, you may have less competition right now. And that's a good news for you. Yeah, I would, I would echo that. I mean, buy while the rates are up, you're going to have less competition. And I would try to avoid that summer market if you can. Families with kids are definitely going to wait till the summer. So things are going to heat up. Yes, absolutely. More buyers get out there in um, April, May because they're trying to get secured for the following school year. Yep. Tucker, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate your wisdom. Um, as always, people can reach you at the number going below here, our 4257-579202. Uh, Four two five seven five seven nine two zero two. Thanks for coming on, Tucker. Yep. Thank you, Dan. Okay, I got to go find a quick commercial. Here we go. Right. It's about time. Do you find you never have enough time for what matters most to you? Our comprehensive It's About Time virtual productivity program teaches you the secrets of long-term, sustainable, and life-changing productivity. We provide monthly webinars, implementation challenges, resources, community, and accountability. You'll learn tips, techniques, and strategies to help you more effectively and efficiently manage your email, tasks, time, workspace, priorities, projects, and resources. You'll implement organized systems and productive habits that work. You'll finally get better results at work, experience less stress, have more time to dote on your clients, time to spend with your family and friends, take better care of yourself, pursue hobbies, and get more out of life. Do you crave more time for what matters most? Are you ready to take control? Isn't it about time? Well, to start having more time for what matters most to you, call us at 206-579-5743 or visit our website for more information 
at www.itssimplyplaced.com. Again, that's 206-579-5743 or visit our website, www.itssimplyplaced.com. Join today because really, it's about time. Your time. All right, welcome back to the show. I, I'm going to try a new segment here. It's probably uh, Did You Know? Um, and it's like, Did You Know Dad Moments? That's what kind of I'm calling this. But I want to see if I have some music to match. Let's see what happens here. Well, that. Okay. All right, so um, Seattle, in some ways, is an unlikely phoenix. You wouldn't expect that a city with all this rainfall would have been forged in fire, but here we are. Uh, the Seattle government and the University of Washington Library and Seattle Times all provide accounts of Seattle's unlikely origin. On June 6, 1889, Seattle will be changed forever. Now called the Great Seattle Fire, it seems like every city has had the Great Fire, right? Chicago, all that stuff. It was ignited at 2.30 in the afternoon in a paint and work, uh, woodwork job. Over the next 18 hours, the fire would engulf 100 acres of the business district and waterfront. The buildings, docks, sidewalks, anything combustible perished. In total, it's an estimated losses of $15 million. I don't know if that's in those times dollars or in ours. Probably, uh, ours was probably in the billions, right? You think of the entire city. So within a matter of days, businesses reopened, makeshift tents, on their ruined locations instead of relocation businesses built right where they had been right on top of it and those of you that have toured the underground know that the street was elevated 22 feet the water system and the fire department were modernized and needless to say wooden buildings were banned so these days you can take that underground tour and see the original city that was built on so that is our history moment your dad moment about cool seattle history so I hope you enjoyed that. Tucker, thanks for coming on. Did you enjoy that segment? I did. And the underground tour is fascinating. Yeah. Have you ever been on the underground tour? I have. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, I highly recommend it. Act like that tourist and go check it out. Thanks for coming on today, Tucker. Uh, buyers and sellers, reach out to Tucker and myself if you want to find out how the market can work for you. I appreciate you watching. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. See you.